Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I'm chatting with Nancy Marshall, the PR maven. Nancy is the CEO of Marshall Communications and can be found online at marshallpr.com. Nancy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sandy. It's a lot of fun to be here with you. I've been enjoying our chat. I have no doubt this is going to be fun and interesting. So why don't you kick us off by sharing a little bit about who you're working with and how you're helping your clients? Well, I've got an agency that actually just celebrated its 30th anniversary last week. And we have had the state of Maine Office of Tourism as a client for much of that time. And we have other tourism clients, as well as clients in economic development and healthcare. Our healthcare client um, that is taking a lot of our time and effort right now is called Puritan Medical Products, which is manufacturing the test swabs for COVID-19. And that's a company that's growing very, very fast and expanding uh, nationally. So we're helping them to actually find new employees, which is uh, sort of a new aspect of PR and marketing, but very interesting. Um, You know, we want to position the company as a great place to work with a long history and a place that people would want to, uh, you know, help in the fight against COVID. That is really interesting to think about getting employees as part of PR. Is that something that you've done before or is that kind of a new twist on your work? It's actually a new twist. Um, in, in the recent past, I focused a lot on what I call personal branding, which is helping executives, authors, celebrities, and athletes to become better known and to share their story with their targeted audiences. So that's been a focus of mine and my agency. I've worked with authors, I've worked with bank presidents, and I've worked with attorneys and other executives so that they're more findable online and recognizable in person. But this new challenge of positioning a company as a great place to work by telling the stories of their current employees, that's that's a new venture, but it actually falls right in line with all the other work we do. Um, I know that People, especially millennials, like to know who they're going to be working with. So one of the things we're trying to do is make videos showing the current employees talking about their job and what gives them satisfaction and fulfillment. And I think that sharing those things on the website and on social gives prospective employees a window into what the workplace would be like and what kind of people they'd be working with. Yeah, that's a very interesting angle on PR and also on influence in, in that you, you're still influencing a customer, but it's a very different type of customer. Well, I'm a big believer in relationship building, and I think relationship building um, takes time. You know, people have to know, like, and trust you. 
So if if I'm looking for a job, I want to know the the employer. I want to trust. I want to like them, and I want to trust them. And you know that funnel. I just actually wrote an article for Forbes.com about the pace of relationships because. You know how when you get a cold call from somebody who's trying to sell you, like renew your auto warranty or something that you don't, it's not on your mind and you don't want to spend time, you you just don't want to deal with it. It's like, it's very jarring. So the article that I wrote is about like pacing a relationship so that the other person doesn't feel like, like they have to put up their defenses right off. So um, again, it's the same with when you're looking for a job, you want to spend a little time. Well, sometimes you might be desperate for a job, but in that case, you want to get as much information as possible. And there again, as a prospective employer, you want to be sure that information is available when people want the job. So I think in terms of being proactive and reactive. So um, with all PR, there's proactive PR where you're like putting the word out there and then there's reactive so that you're ready when the inquiry comes. So, for example, if a media inquiry comes to me for one of my clients, I'll be ready with the information and materials and photos and assets that they need. So basically, all PR is both proactive and reactive. And once the momentum starts you're going to be reacting more because you're going to generate more interest and uh, there'll be more inquiries. So for example, I'm doing PR right now for a brand new restaurant here in Maine called Front and Maine, which is a very elegant first-class restaurant. And we're being really proactive because it's, it's an unknown restaurant. Um, but hopefully as time goes by, we're going to get more media inquiries and more inquiries from people that want to go and eat there. And then we'll have to be ready to react. I would love to hear your thoughts, Nancy, on relationships. You talked about this in business. We need to build relationships and this pace is a factor. I'd love to hear your thoughts about relationship as it relates to influence. Our, our businesses, we're, we're trying to grow influence, right? That when we grow our business, that's one way we do it. So how do those intersect? Well. I believe that your network is your net worth and that, you know, you, it pays to know a lot of people. And a lot of times you never know what a relationship will lead to, but you can't be concerned about that as you meet new people. And as you perhaps reach out to people that you knew in school or in your earlier life, you never know what is what it's going to lead to, but you need to just believe that it's going to provide you with fulfillment, both personally and professionally. I'm really a social person. I mean, some people call me a social butterfly. I love to socialize and I love to network, but I actually have um, my right-hand person, Emma, is very introverted, but she, I've taught her the value of relationship building too. So whether you're introverted or extroverted, you need to do it in your own way. And you can't expect a return on that investment in time. Um, you, you have to just know in your heart, it's going to come at some point. And in the near term, you just need to feel the fulfillment and satisfaction of having a new friend or contact and know that eventually it's going to lead to something good, even if it's just a good friend. So I, I, 
build relationships. I try to remember things about people that I meet. I try to, I send a lot of handwritten notes. That's one of my big signatures. I have a big, right here on my desk, a big stack of note cards and I have the stamps and I'm ready to just send a a thank you note or just a just because note or whatever. I'm big into using the mail to, because that's a very personal thing when you send a letter. So I make it my life's work basically to build my network. And um, I just have people that I can tap into. Sometimes I'm actually referring business to others. Just yesterday, I got a call from a company that's in New Mexico that needed some media training. And uh, it just wasn't practical for me to go to New Mexico from Maine. But I have a friend who's in Phoenix, Arizona, and she does the same thing. So I was able to make that referral. And she was thrilled. And it felt good to me to be able to help the company that needed it. It helped, it helped her get some more business. And, uh, you know, I know that that will come back around to me in the long run as well. So I think, I think the uh, spirit of giving and serving others and feeling gratitude for knowing more people and having more people in your life um, is, is the spirit that you need to go into relationships with rather than, oh, you, you know, like, oh, I, I'm going to make some money off of you or I'm going to get something back from you that people can tell if that's what you're, if that's what you're like. So as you work with your clients, how does that come into play in what you help them do for their businesses? Well, one of the biggest things that we help our clients with is to generate what we call earned media, which is stories and articles in the media, whether stories in radio, television, podcast interviews like this one, um, newspaper and magazine articles. So for the State of Maine Office of Tourism, we're constantly inviting journalists and vetting journalists who inquire. So we help to tell the stories of our clients in the media. And you hope that those stories are going to help to attract the right people. And sometimes it will actually even deflect the wrong people. So that's another part of of being influential is you you can be like a magnet for the people that should be your customers or your clients or your friends or should be in your life. And actually, you can deflect the people that really probably don't even belong there. <laughs> so few of us or few businesses are, are set up to want to attract everyone in the world, unless you're like, I don't know, I was thinking McDonald's, but not even everybody loves McDonald's. <laughs> when I think of the side, billions and billions served, you know. Um, so there are some businesses that would like to attract everybody, but for most businesses and most of us, there's a target that we're after. And I like to actually help clients to create avatars or personas of their ideal targeted audience and then figure out what those avatars consume in the way of media. Like this is Joe and he drives a Chevy truck and he reads car and driver magazine. And he, he belongs to ducks unlimited because he likes to go hunting. And, you know, he, he does not listen to public radio. <laughs> he, he might read the newspaper, but maybe not, you know, so we, we kind of create these, this composite of a person 
so that when you're trying to attract that person, you actually can picture Joe. We actually act, come up with a stock photo of that person. He, you know, Joe probably wears Carhartt jeans. <laughs> he might wear LL Bean flannel shirts. So we could picture Joe. And then when we're creating our media or going after media, we can we can have him in mind. So you've been doing this for quite a while, Nancy. You said you've been doing this for many years. <laughs> yes. Through this process, you must have had growing pains and challenges. I'm curious what <laughs> your biggest challenge was or the one that you think getting through it propelled your business the most. I'd like to hear about one of the challenges you faced. <laughs> well, I did get sued by a photographer. Um around the year 2000. And it was a bogus case. It was a, a lawsuit by someone who actually was suing a lot of people that were doing what I do uh, for state governments, thinking that somehow they were going to profit from that. Um, and it was painful. And every lawyer and judge who looked at the case said, this is bogus because I had not done anything wrong. Um, this person had written the contract in such a way that he intended to sue me. And um, it was the lawsuit was both personal and professional. So it was $2 million. And it, I, a sheriff came to my door. It almost makes me cry to think about it because it was just such a painful time in my life. Yeah, the sheriff came to my door. I had young children at the time. They're like, Mommy, what's going on? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, luckily, my roommate from college was and is an attorney, and she offered to help me out. And thank God, again, that's that's another relationship. Who would have ever imagined when I was 18 years old going into college that this friend of mine, Cindy, was going to be able to step up and help me? Um, but it was it involved several years, actually, of back and forth and lawyers. And it, this lawsuit was hanging over my head. Um, and it was really, you know, this guy just claimed something in the contract that I had not given him advance warning when I was going to terminate. And he had intentionally set out to aggravate me in order to make me terminate, which set into um, into motion this lawsuit. So I finally got out of it um, with a settlement and um, but it was it. It was painful and it showed me that not all people are good people. You know, I, I might've been a little naive before that. And I, you know, I tend to be trustworthy and I'm a kind of a loving, ebullient out there, you know, be my friend kind of person. But it did teach me that um, you sometimes need to be wary. And I did start using a lawyer to review all my, I had signed that contract without having a lawyer review it. My client had asked me to sign the contract and I was in the client's office when I signed the contract. So um, I now am a little, well, a lot more careful. And I guess the lesson in this is that if you're starting a business, you might think you don't need an accountant or a lawyer or other advisors, but I say, no, those, those relationships are investments that you need to make. If you're, if you're in business and this is serious business, um, you need to use professional help. So I have 
an accountant and a lawyer and a financial planner. And I have this whole, oh, an insurance people. I have this whole army of people that are like there for me so that I can focus on what I do the best, which, which really is the relationship building. So with building all these relationships, expanding your business, running your team, you've attained a lot of influence. How are you using that influence? Well, I try to use the influence uh, for good. I try to use it to introduce people. I mean, when I meet a new person, I'm constantly thinking of who I can introduce them to. um, So it will be a mutually beneficial relationship. I also serve on a nonprofit board called the Maine Seacoast Mission that provides social services and healthcare services to people who live on the islands off the coast of Maine. And it gives me great joy to help them uh, increase their influence and exposure and bring new people in as donors or board members. Uh, And I think that I also use my influence just for happiness. (laughs) I mean, it just makes me happy I feel like, yeah, I've worked, I've worked really hard and really long, um, but I feel like I was born to do what I'm doing. And I'm very grateful because I think of all the people who are like, you know, I have a client who has this countdown calendar in his office, like counting down the days and minutes and seconds until his retirement. I think he has five more years. And it's like, oh God, you know, that's terrible. I, I actually keep thinking, why would I want to retire? I'm living such a wonderful life and I'm, I'm helping people. And again, I've, I've built up all this influence all, over all these years. And why not stay working and use it? You know, this, these are the good times now. So, and I've also put a big premium on staying on top of technology, I must say. I mean, now my two sons in their 20s might say that I, I don't know how to use Instagram because I use a lot of those emoticons and I think it's pretty funny. But I've ever since the advent of the commercial internet, I've known in my heart that the key to staying current is to focus on using technology, whether it's Zoom, like what we're doing now, or whether it's understanding Instagram, even TikTok. I have a TikTok account and I can't say I post on there a lot, but I do look at it. I just want to know. So to have a curious mind and continue learning and never say, oh, I'm old. I'm too old to learn that. No, if, as soon as you start saying that, that's when you should retire. <laughs> and do you have plans for your growing, for growing your influence, Nancy? Oh, I constantly am growing my influence. I've written two books. I wrote my second book at at the outset of the COVID-19. It's called Grow Your Audience, Grow Your Brand. And it's about increasing the number of people in your targeted audience in order to increase your personal or professional brand. I also do a monthly column for Forbes.com. And I write frequently about relationship building and networking. And I'm writing for new uh, outlets all the time and and actually producing my weekly podcast, the PR Maven podcast. So yeah, no, I, I'm never going to stop my growing my influence. I, when I was four years old, my mom took me to the grocery store and I was like working the room in the grocery store. I was like, I kept disappearing and I was like introducing myself to people. (laughs) 
and asking them what their name was and where they lived. And sometimes I would even ask if people would take me home because I wanted to see what their house looked like. And that's where my mother's like, no, 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 you're not going home with other people, Nancy. But no, as I said, it's so gratifying to, to be doing something that I love. Okay. I love that story, Nancy. That's great. <laughs> would you tell us where we can find you online? Yes. Um, my agency's website is marshallpr.com. And there you can find the PR Maven podcast. And I invite people to join me at the PR Maven podcast. I'm also on all the different social media, either as the PR Maven or as main PR Maven. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and for sharing your thoughts around relationship building, which is a an intense form of influence, right? As we build relationships, we're going to influence each other in both directions. So I love your take on that and really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Thank you, Sandy. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.